Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on guys? Welcome to another 2023 post-game recap here on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure to subscribe on Dime Dropper. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time I post a video. And of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. You can find this on audio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And of course, subscribe to Locked On Clippers on YouTube. So, Clippers-Celtics tonight, only one game on the agenda, no other games to talk about. It's a doozy always because of my UMass roots. By the way, shout out to the UMass Minuteman and head coach Frank Martin. Off to a great start this season. Go you, always. That's the only Massachusetts team I support is my Minutemen. But my Minutemen and Minute Women were probably watching this game tonight. Celtics and Clippers, a rematch of a really good game a couple of weeks ago. A game in which I did not have a post-game recap on Dime Dropper 4, but I did have a post-game episode on Locked on Clippers 4. So, Clippers and Seas. It was an anticipated game based on the fact that we beat the shit out of them last couple weeks ago. But Rob Williams and Al Horford actually played in this game. And you already knew... That Al Horford and Rob Williams make a huge difference. They were so massive last year when they made it to the championship. And they're those guys. So, let's get right into tonight's game. In the beginning, so Kawhi Leonard, Paul George playing, everybody healthy. And it's always so nice when the Clippers have everybody healthy. To start the game, Kawhi Leonard was guarding Marcus Smart. Paul George was guarding Jason Tatum. And Marcus Morris was guarding Jalen Brown. And then on the other side... You had Tatum guarding Ivica Zubats. I thought that was really fascinating. Al Horford guarding Marcus Morris because he, he's not getting beat off of speed. Marcus Smart guarding Paul George. And then Jalen Brown guarding Reggie. And then Derek White guarding Kawhi. But what they would do was every single time Kawhi got the ball in the mid post, they double and then hope that their rotations and their length would take away other shots when they swung the ball, when the Clippers started swinging the ball. But... Very solid defensive start for both teams. The Celtics were 0 for 6 to begin the game, and the Clippers, you know, honestly could have pushed it out to a little bit of a lead, but they were turning the ball over just a bit too much. However, in a li- in a couple of minutes, Kawhi then switched and started guarding Jalen Brown, and then Marcus Moore Sr. started guarding Marcus Smart. And Kawhi Leonard, I had a, I got to tell you, another game where he looked pretty sharp. On defense, he honestly had some not-so-great moments. Like late in the game, Derek White blew by him for a really crucial and-one. But he had 11 points in the first quarter. Got an and-one against Jalen Brown, hit a three, and boy, oh boy, his three ball is starting to look much more like we're used to. Another really solid night from three for Kawhi tonight. Three for six. So shooting 50%. We'll take that all day long. 11 points for him in the first he was feeling himself. He also played, basic, I think, the whole first quarter. And when the Celtics started staggering Tatum and Jalen Brown, it started with Tatum going to the bench at around like the 650 mark of the first quarter. Jalen Brown took the rest of the lineup. 
uh, took the rest of the quarter. Similar to what the Clippers are doing. Paul George and Kawhi were being staggered. And again, no Robert Covington. He continues to get a DNP. And I obviously don't like it, but what are you going to do? you got to come to expect it at this point. John Wall comes in for Reggie Jackson around the 650 mark after Reggie got hit in the face, and he was pretty livid about it. And he did pretty well, John Wall. I thought he had some decent defensive moments. There was one play where he rotated at the rim, helped defense, went up vertically and got a stop. It was beautiful. Another play where he hit a left corner three off a swing. But there was also one play where he got all the way to the basket and probably should have gone up strong but didn't. But I also I overall thought the first tenure in the game or first stint from John Wall was pretty good. Norman Powell picking up right where he left off and was just fantastic off the bench. 31 minutes played for Norman, 19 points and 4 rebounds on 5 for 12 shooting and 3 for 6 from deep. Instant offense, continuing his 6th man of the year case game by game but you know the Clippers defensive strategy it's going to be switching Kawhi Paul and Marcus Morris and then going drop with Ivica Zubats but one thing I started noticing from the Celtics in the first half was that they were running a lot more off ball especially in the first quarter off ball actions for Jason Tatum whether it be a stagger screen where they had two guys set a screen on one side of him curling or some nice back picks there were nice flare screens to get him a little bit of space. And when those screens are set by guys like Horford, if it's a Zubats needs to step out for a second. If he's just laying back behind, then Tatum's getting open shots. And that's what was happening in the first quarter. And he did miss a couple of them. The Clippers were a little lucky that the Celtics missed a couple of those shots. But Tatum, I, I liked how easily it was coming for him to get shots. I think that that approach diversifies his scoring arsenal so much more as opposed to just watching him dance at the top and take tough shots. When Tate, or even just dancing at the top and going to the basket, when he catches the ball and he's already open, then he can either take the open shot or put the ball on the floor in space. And again, the best scores of all time, your Kobe's and your Mike's, they worked with and without the ball at an ex insanely high level. You can also put Steph Curry in that mold, but he's even he's become even more off ball than on. However, a guy that I also thought really had a good first quarter. And just a great game, actually. I shouldn't even say first quarter, but it started in the first. Derek White. He did a little bit of everything. He defended. He had open shots. He put the ball on the floor and made plays. He was really, really good. And one thing I'll notice about I've noticed about Boston is that they're starting to do what I've been saying that they should be doing since their struggles in the beginning of last season. And you start to see a little bit more of this in the playoffs, but I saw even more of it tonight. And that's pushing the pace. They got athletes. Their team is filled with youth. I mean, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, a little older, but the other guys are like 27 and under. They got to continue to run and push the pace, especially with athletes like JB and JT. And you started to see that when they did that, the Clippers showed that they were an older team with less athleticism. After the first quarter, the score was 27 to 26 Boston by a digit. One thing I will say for the Clippers, Marcus Morris was not doing much in the first quarter, and he played almost the entire thing i think again his leash is way too long like ty Lu, i don't know what the deference to to marcus morris and reggie jackson's about but it's gone on far too long and i think it ended up costing the clippers in this game not saying that that was the sole reason that we lost but it ended up costing us a little bit and i'll talk about exactly why but second quarter paul george unit and i thought that paul had some good mid post possessions when he came in first time he had sam hauser on him turned right over the red right over his right shoulder and hit. There's another time where he drew a double team, found Norman Powell in the corner for an open three. And the Celtics were going with a switch-heavy set with Hauser, Marcus Smart, 
Grant Williams, and they also had the Time Lord coming off the bench. So a little wrinkle right now is Robert Williams just came back. He's coming off the bench. There was also no Malcolm Brogdon in this game. So you got six minutes of Peyton Pritchard, but overall the Celtics only went eight deep. Their starting lineup all played 32 minutes or more, and then Grant Williams, Sam Hauser, and the Time Lord were the other guys that played over seven minutes. Peyton Pritchard only six. So only nine guys played for them. For the Clippers, 10 guys played. Nico Batum only played eight minutes, and it really hurt the Clippers for sure. And that was because he sprained his ankle and was out for, you know, obviously the majority of the game, but a large portion of that remainder of the second quarter when he would have played. He only got two threes up, and he missed them both. Just a donut for Nico tonight in eight minutes. There's not much else to say about him. I probably won't be mentioning him much for the remainder of the episode because he really didn't play. I think he'll be fine. He may miss the last game of the road trip maybe. And the Clippers are now 2-2 two and two on the road trip, which is totally fine, considering they lost to Philly and Boston on the road. Those are two of the best teams in the league, two of the best teams in the East, and two tough places to play. But Nico Batum was really out of commission, and then you got John Wall, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, the obvious three guards, and then Terrence Mann, who only played five minutes. And those were, I believe, only in the first half. As we go to our first comment, James Pittman says, that almost felt like playoff basketball with shortened rotations. Do you think Lou is holding his cards close, or does he think the team is better off with no T-man in Covington? Uh, that holding cards close bullshit was something that Glenn Rivers tried to pull, and he used to always use it as an excuse to why we lost regular season games, only to never get it right in the playoffs. So to me, that shit is fugazi. I think there's so much film on these teams that not nothing's really a secret in the playoffs. The only secret is how they're going to play a certain guy in a particular series. What they do with their own players and their own philosophies, I don't think that changes. You gotta. This is where you test it. So no, I think that's a personnel choice by Ty Lue, and I'm going to go in more depth about it as we talk about this, the second half. But the second quarter was no good for the Clippers. They got outscored 33-23. And, you know, if you're wondering, the major question, did Ty Lue go to the three-guard set that we've been so against? Yes, we did. For John Wall, Norman Powell, and Luke Kennard. But thankfully, it wasn't out there for that long. He made a change. Honestly, I want to go and find the specific, the specifics of it because it didn't last too long. The thing is, he, he started with Zubats to begin the second quarter. Let me see if I can find it, honestly. Because the thing is, it wasn't out there for too long. Reggie Jackson came in for Terrence Mann. So Reggie was out there with Norman Powell, I believe, yeah, and Luke Kennard. But then Kawhi Leonard came in within a minute and a half. But the Clippers were already down six. You know what I'm saying? So the one thing I'll say is he went with the three guards set a lot shorter in the first half. But Marcus Smart, I got to say, he was playing really well in that first half especially. Really good passes, making his open shots, and playing really good defense, and obviously guarding some of the best players on our team. And I think that the Celtics in the second quarter, they really tightened up on defense, and they started switching a lot, and it caused the Clippers to go back to that stagnant iso ball. And I thought that the Clips were really starting to settle for a lot of jumpers. I think Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Kawhi even, Paul George, a lot of isolating at the top and shooting tough contested shots. And Paul George started to go a little cold. I remember he was three for six at one point, then he missed his next three shots, and it just felt like all of his shots were contested jumpers. So the Celtics were playing good defense, getting stops, finding a way to push in transition, and you started to see Jason Tatum just start to make more shots. And when the Clippers had those guards in, they were finally the first team the first team we've seen in weeks that was trying to put Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard in the pick and roll. I don't know why these teams continuously try to put Zubats in the pick and roll 
Actually, I do. It's because they want their, you know, typically your center is the one that sets the screen is your typical roller in pick and roll situations. But if it's a Zubats, is a good defender in pick and roll. The weakest, if you really want to try to exploit the Clippers on defense, the weakest link is Reggie Jackson in that starting lineup. Get your whoever Reggie's guarding to set a screen for a little pick and pop action and that short roll. If Reggie Jackson hedges and recovers, get the ball to your guy and see if he can make a four on three read or shoot his open shot. If not, and Reggie switches like he was doing tonight, well, you know the rest. Barbecue chicken for the other team, or you're going to have to send a double. And the Celtics were absolutely exploiting the Clippers in that fashion with Reggie Jackson in the first half and Luke Kennard in the second half. And the reason why I'm not as mad about it with Luke is because Luke Kennard has improved defensively every season with the Clippers, and he's been better this year. He had a tough night tonight, but Reggie... (coughs) Fuck. But Reggie... We know who he is, right? And I will say, too, in addition to that, in the first half, I thought the Celtics did a really good job of chasing Luke Kennard over his screens. He was not getting any open shots. I don't even remember him shooting tonight. Yeah, he didn't even get a shot off. So that's all game planning. That is all game planning, and that's just a great scheme to make sure that Luke Kennard gets no shots. And honestly, you know, you could say that he should be getting shots up there. He probably should. He probably should get some looks up there, but it's tough. He's not really a one-on-one shot creator, a contested shot maker off the bounce, and he's gotten better at that, but that's not his game. Daniel Clifford comment says, Clips should be 3-1 and one on this trip so far. That 76ers loss really sucked, but we were lucky we pulled out that game versus the Pistons. Funny how some things work. Absolutely. My cousin says, F the Celtics. Well, well. Third quarter, it was another solid third quarter for the Clippers, just like we saw in Toronto. They outscored the Seas 36-24, and it started right away, and it started with just the Clippers making shots. I talked about that they went a little stagnant, took some really bad contested jumpers in the first half, and by the way, speaking of jumpers, the Celtics are still 2-3 happy for me. Still 2-3 happy. But when Jalen and Jason Tatum start taking it to the basket like we saw in that fourth quarter, that's when things change. And I also think they got to incorporate more mid-range in terms of starting their move at the mid-range area. Not starting at the three and pulling up for the mid-range. That's great for Jalen Brown. But for JT, getting the ball in the mid-post areas like Kawhi does, like the great, like his favorite player of all time to, did, is going to help, especially with his size and his improved passing ability. So... Celtics, if they don't fall too in love with the three, they got as good a chance of winning the championship as anybody. Even if they do fall in love with the three, they still got as good a chance of winning the championship as anybody. But that has been their flaw, one of their flaws in so many postseasons with this core. With the Clippers, good start to the third. Kawhi Leonard got two assists. Marcus Morris had eight points in the third quarter, so that was better from him. Two threes and a layup from a Reggie Jackson outlet. And then Paul George hit a three, and was missing some open shots. But one thing I really liked about Paul in this game was he was aggressive. He shot 22 times, and usually when Paul shoots over 20 shots, we win. But in this one, it wouldn't be the case. But 10 for 22, I am not mad at it. And the Celtics got a bit sloppy. Jumpers started missing. And if it's a Zubats... I thought in that third quarter, he was phenomenal. He was getting every rebound. He was more alert on the off-ball screens and actions. And he was doing well when asked to drop and drop coverage. Scoring on some mismatches. You know, what's funny is they didn't actually put their big man on Zoo for the majority of the game. They were going with guys like Jason Tatum on him. And they were very happy switching certain guys on Zoo. And I thought there were times where we could have given Zoo the ball more and tried to post him up because he actually did pretty well when he got the ball in the post. There was one time in the first quarter where he got the ball against Tatum 
And Tatum wasn't even trying to play post defense. He just reached for a steal and Zoo jammed it down. Then in the second half, there was one time where Derek White just got jump hooked to death. So I think we got to look to keep empowering Zoo. And there was even one time, though, in the first half where Paul George wanted Zoo to post up and Zoo just got out of the way and said, Paul, let Paul cook. And Paul smacked his hands down in frustration. So I actually like to see that from Paul. But at the same time, as teammates, y'all are not consistent with Zoo. When he posts up or gets a switch, he should be getting the ball against those kind of guys consistently every time. But they like to, you know, mix it up. Mix it up. Kawhi also looked good in the third. You know, three ball looks better. He just looks better by the game. But they went with the three guard set at the end. Although John Wall did make a three, the three guard set in the end did not prove costly. No Terrence Mann, though, at all for the remainder of the game. And I have a huge issue with that for the simple recurring reason that we need guys that can guard in the game. And in the fourth quarter, that's exactly why we lost. The, the score in the fourth quarter was 32-25 in favor of Boston. The Clippers would lose this game 116-110. to 110. Zubats had to come out for his rest to start the fourth. And in the beginning of the quarter, it was... Paul George, Nico Batum, I believe John Wall, Norman Powell, and Luke Kennard. And you know what the Celtics were doing? They were trying to get Luke Kennard in that pick and roll because they knew he's going to switch. And they were trying to go at him with Jalen Brown. And guess what? Luke Kennard got scored on two times in a row. One by JB and one by Derek White. And Jalen Brown had eight points in the first seven minutes of the quarter. And all of them were going to the basket. So credit to him. He put his head down and just went straight to the cup. Paul George also started out the quarter very solid and had a great fourth quarter. He had nine points. But I will say this. The Clippers turned the ball over three times in the first three minutes and 40 seconds. And even though they did a much better job taking care of the ball in this game, 13 turnovers to the Celtics, 12. They turned the ball over five of, five of those 13 in the fourth and three of those came from paul so when we talk about paul as a decision maker and the best player on teams the reason why i think that he is a second best player on a championship team with the talent of a first is because for that nine points that you're getting and how well he played in the fourth he's going to turn the ball over three times and that's not just a tonight thing pg is loosey-goosey with the ball for a superstar and in crunch time he has a tendency to commit really bad timely turnovers and that's why Kawhi Leonard just has to be that guy. And in this game, we went for the for the Paul George approach in the fourth. We went with a lot of Paul targeting Derek White usually. So our Luke Kennard was Derek White. We were trying to target D. White in the pick and roll, and he was switching. And PG was getting what he wanted. He got to the basket, had a couple of pull-ups. Even on Marcus Smart, he was shooting right over the top of him because Marcus Smart is as good of a defender as he is. He is still a chair for Paul George. But the Seas made an effort to attack the basket without Zoo. At, they took the lead 94 to 90. The last lead the Clippers would have was 90 to 88. But when the Celtics took a timeout with 94 to 90, I thought, okay, Terrence Mann's going to come into the game. No change. No change. You know, the Clippers had a couple of travels in that, in that beginning of the fourth quarter. I remember Norman Powell traveled, PG traveled. And Jalen Brown, as I said, doing a good job pushing the ball and scoring. They take a 100-94 to lead. And after, this is after the two times that Kennard had been attacked on D. The Clippers take another timeout down six, 100-94. to No change. No zoo. No nothing. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. JB had eight points at that point. And thankfully, you know, and by the way, 
Marcus Morris Sr. comes in for Nico Batum at the eight-minute mark, and he plays the rest of the game. There's no way Marcus Morris deserves to play the last eight minutes of the game with the contributions that he's made. Wood has given him the right, and I like Mook. I like him. But Wood's given him the deference to get the— It's like Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris are, like, penciled in to the end of the game with Kawhi and Paul. Like, I don't agree with this. And I think it's only a matter of time before Ty figures it out. I'm not going to go on here saying, fire Ty, he's an idiot. A lot of fans are doing that, and that's how that's how fans are. But he's done too much for this organization uh, for me to say those kind of things. Uh, overall, he's going to have to figure that out. That Terrence Mann needs to play much more than five minutes. Marcus Morris and Reggie should not just be penciled in to the end of the game like that. You know, it's just... We need to lean into the defense first mentality. Defense wins championships. And when they can target certain guys like that, it's no good. It's no good. And by the way, JB got his fifth foul on an offensive foul at the 5 minute and 30 second mark. And I thought there was a chance the Clippers could make a run there. And I will say this. You got to credit Boston because in those couple of minutes that he was out, they pushed the lead higher up. And one of those huge plays, it was absolutely massive. Derek White blew by Kawhi for an and one. Kawhi was forcing him left. He did not need to have that hand check there. He really didn't. But Derek White hit the shot plus the foul. Huge play. Put the Celtics up 107.99. Funny enough, Reggie Jackson got an open shot because they were starting to, you know, Paul George, I will say this. When I talked about guys in the first half not going to the basket, Norman Powell and Paul George did a better job of that in the second half, especially Paul George. Part of why he had such a good fourth quarter, he was mixing it up. It wasn't just contested jumpers. He was getting to the rim and taking advantage of Derek White. So aggressive Paul George is a good Paul George. And Paul George is much better than Kawhi at turn of the corner. I'm sorry to say it. Like I do think that we got to go to Kawhi in terms of fourth quarters to end games. But you're not going to get Kawhi blowing by guys like that. It's mostly going to be him in the post and him getting doubles from the mid-post type of thing. He doesn't have the burst to get by guys. And he didn't even have the burst to get by guys like that before he got hurt. It's not a new thing. He's never been that kind of guy with crazy burst. He can get by guys, though, when they press up too high in certain situations. But the key play to me that kind of ended the game... Well, actually, there was multiple. But I thought that the Clippers had lost. I thought we had lost when Marcus Smart had a really nice steal on Paul George. Paul George getting doubled. He tried to pass to Marcus Morris. Marcus Smart would have made a great play. Of course, for Paul George, that's kind of normal. He does have a tendency to turn the ball over like that late in game and live ball situations. But Marcus Smart, I mean, he did the business. With a big steal, put the Clipper, uh, put the Celtics up 112 to 110. And then... Grant Williams hit a big three to put the Celtics up eight. I actually think that was right before that. That was to put them up 110 to 102, and then Smart made it 112 to 102. And after the Clippers called a timeout there, Zubats comes in with three minutes left. And mind you, Al Horford was in the game that whole time. There's no reason why Ivica Zubats should have such a good third quarter and then play only like two minutes. Because the thing is, the Clippers outscored the Celtics 4-0 in that little stretch. And then when Norman Powell fouled Marcus Smart and they reviewed it with like a minute and a half left, they put Luke Kennard, we put Luke Kennard in for, um, for, uh, for Zoo. Zubats should never be sitting out that long when he's playing that well. Especially when they have another big in. I know they they Al Horford stretches the floor and the Celtics want to spread you out, but Zubats is playing well. And he gives us a different threat where they can't just switch everything and we can get maybe offensive rebounds. So totally disagreed with that. 
as far as everything else, I mean, the Clippers still made a little push. Kawhi started getting going. And then they got it down. We got it down to three, 110 to 113. Paul George went for a quick two, and I am fully in support of his decision. He made a fine move. An amazing block was made by Derek White. It was just amazing. He had such a great game. He had such a great game. And the funniest part, we have a chance to still get a stop, but the Celtics get three looks at it, and they don't score. We don't get the rebound because guess what? No zoo. So have at it. JB closed the game at the line. The Clippers lose it 116-110. to 110. At the end of the day, it comes down to Ty needs to play Terrence Moore. It's unacceptable. And Zoo should not be sitting on the bench that long. Marcus and Reggie should not just be penciled in like that. But other than that, I think we still need to slowly lean more Kawhi over Paul. Because of situations like that, like Kawhi three, or Paul three turnovers in the fourth, it's a little suspect. And that's only at the highest levels. I'm not saying every game, but at the highest levels. Although we should start preparing for those high levels by getting Kawhi the ball as our primary guy. Because Paul George is still getting his nine points in the fourth, but those turnovers are costly. And yeah, let's read the lines. Clippers did do a better job taking care of the ball today. Off the bench, Luke Kennard, Donut. And here's the thing. Terrence Mann's game is just more built for postseason basketball than Luke. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to who can guard. And it's kind of like the J.J. Redick thing. When teams are going to be taking away Luke Kennard's open shots coming off screens and they're going to stay home on him, He's not going to have much effect because he's not a very good defender. He's average at best. So no buckets, average at D, as opposed to a guy who's great at D, good offensive rebounder, athlete. I mean, the choice, that he, Terrence Mann's game fits playoff basketball more. Everybody wants to nut over shooting these days. I like guys that can fucking guard. That, that, that's what wins championships at the end of the day. And we have guys that can shoot. Terrence Mann, five minutes, zero shot attempts. Yeah, not even going to talk about it. John Wall, 16 minutes played. Eight points, four assists, no turnovers. So I really like that. I think John actually had a decent game. He took his first shot of the game I didn't like. It was a contested eight, like 18-footer with way too much time left on the shot clock. There was even a time where he got all the way to the rim and should have laid it up first half. But two for three from deep, three for six from the field, thought he did his thing. He was fine. And, he's, and he played pretty good defense too. I already talked about Nico. Norman Powell, 19 points on five for 12. Reggie Jackson played less than Norman Powell, which I like. That should be the case. He played 24 minutes, but eight points, four rebounds, three assists. At least he only had one turnover. Three for nine from the field, though. Two for six from deep, just 33%, no good. And then Marcus Morris, five for 13 from the field, two for seven from deep, 12 points, six rebounds, four assists. It's just, I don't think it's that necessary for him to play 32 minutes. Zubots played 30. Like, there's no reason why seniors should be playing more than Zoo. 30 minutes, 13 points, 11 rebounds, a block and a steal, four offensive rebounds, six for nine from the field in 30 minutes. But I will say Zoo one for four from the foul line. It's no good. He needs to make at least two. Should be three. And then the stars. Paul George, 24 points, four rebounds, six assists, two steals, but four turnovers, four out of our 13 turnovers. 10 for 22 from the field for him, three for nine from deep, so his three ball wasn't really going like that, but seven for 13 from two. Love to see that. He also played a game high, 40 minutes in the game. So that's a lot, honestly. And there's no reason why you should be playing that much when we have Terrence Mann and Rocco like, not even playing, really. Kawhi. 26 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. He did turn the ball over 3 times, but 26 points on 11 for 16 shooting and 3 for 6 from 3. So in 37 minutes. So Kawhi is really starting to come back. He's really like, I want to say 85% there. 
But the one thing I don't like is Paul George and Kawhi shot a combined two free throws. While Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown shot 15 collectively. And I think part of that is the officiating was a little home-centric. But at the same time, they were a little more aggressive getting to the rim. And they got 15 free throws. They shot eight more free throws as a team than the, than the Clippers. They made 17 out of 22. Clippers shot 38.5% from three tonight and 48% from the field. Celtics were also 48% from the field but and 28% from three. So they didn't actually shoot very well. It was those free throws that really made the difference. Rob Williams off the bench for Boston. 12 points and six boards. It's good to see him back. 21 minutes, four for four, and four for four from the line. And the starters all played 32 minutes or more. Uh, Al Horford, 32 minutes played, eight points, seven rebounds. Three for six on the field and two for three from deep. He's a little quieter than normal, but he does his thing. Derek White was amazing. 15 points, two rebounds, and four assists. I'd be tempted to say he was the player of the game. Six for eight for the field and two for four from deep. Marcus Smart was also really good. 17 points and nine assists. Some really great passes, and he's just getting better each year with his true point guard floor generalness about him. 37 minutes played, seven for 15 from the field and two for seven from deep. Then the Jays. I thought Brown was better than Tatum tonight. Tatum, 29 points, 11 rebounds on 10 for 26 shooting, but 3 for 11 from deep and 6 for 10 from the line. So not a great night from 3 in the line. 7 for 15, though, from 2. And then Jalen was 0 for 8 from deep, but 12 for 17 from 2. So very efficient inside the arc. Again, I think that the key for the Celtics is to not get 2-3 happy. Jalen Brown, 29 points and 7 boards. To lead the way, both Jalen and Tatum had 29 points. So they slightly outscored our duo, and that ended up being a little bit of the difference. But I also think the Clippers could have optimized their lineups better. But that's it for me tonight, guys. Going to go to the live subscribers waiting oh so patiently in the chat. You got a nice 30-minute recap. Appreciate you. Will I be back on Friday night? I don't know. Laker recap will be coming soon. I know they've been struggling without AD, which is normal, and that's their whole team, basically. So we'll be talking about them soon, but Clipper games will still be coming to you live and fast make sure to subscribe and comment on this video and leave a review on apple podcast if you like and remember to subscribe to locked on clippers youtube and dime dropper on youtube peace